Welcome to Have a Drink With Me. I am your host, Dylan Polniak, and joining me today is a fellow podcaster, host of the Chick Foley Show, Chick Foley herself, Sheena Phelps. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, it's good to have a wrestling fan on the show. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I've been catching up on some of your uh, you know, most pre- recent episodes, and you talk a lot of wrestling, so I was really stoked that uh, you know, I've got a fellow, fellow Mark here with me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, I created like a fake uh, Twitter account so that I can live tweet during wrestling because my actual followers true. don't want to see that. It's funny that you say that because that that was like the whole like origin story of Chick Foley, how it came to be. It was just like, oh, I don't want to bug my my friends and family with like wrestling talk. Like they don't care about that stuff. So I had like this, you know, new Instagram account where I just kind of marked out on things. So yeah. that's, that's where it all started. Yeah. I started with this fake name and then I kind of switched it over to have a drink with me because I think the, the fans of the show are pretty split between wrestling fans and star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. I'd say wrestling fans, star Wars fans, and people who just like drinking. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good like 33.333% of, uh, you know, different topics. So just passionate people in general. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, and I always love having the wrestling themed shows, but we are not having a wrestling themed show. We are doing the Christmas episode. Which I'm, which I'm excited about. You know, I get to talk about wrestling every week. So I, I, mm-hmm. I like to kind of veer off the, the beaten path for myself and kind of touch on some, some different things. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to take a little break and, um, and have, I like having guests on that don't want to talk about what they do, but yeah. talk about what they like beyond, you know, what they're known for. For sure. It's, it's Christmas time. So it's time to, time to do it. Who doesn't, who doesn't like Christmas? I don't know. Grinch. Grinch, I guess. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. So the way this show works that uh, the listeners all know is we agree on a topic, which is Christmas, but then the guest has to tell me what we're drinking. So you have selected the drink of Drunken Gingerbread Man. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. So the Drunken Gingerbread Man came to be um, because we used to, you know, prior to having kids, my husband and I used to throw some pretty epic, uh, you know, holiday parties, you know, starting with our Halloween party and then working our way into our, our epic Christmas party. Um, and we go all out. I mean, I'm talking like Nora Crank style, like, you know, decorate the entire house, like turn it into a winter wonderland. Um, and we lived in Hawaii at the time too. So like, there's oh, wow. not really like a, yeah, there's not a Christmas feel, you know, there's no mm-hmm. snow, there's no cold weather. Um, so just like having all, like everybody showing up wearing ugly Christmas sweaters in the middle of, you know, Hawaii's, it really yeah. makes for a fun time. Um, but my husband, you know, we always had a signature drink and he came up with the drunken gingerbread man. He's a maker's mark, like ambassador, you know, like they have a little ambassador program where they, you know, send you some freebies and stuff at Christmas time and stuff. He loves maker's mark. So it is a shot of maker's mark, um, a a half shot of gingerbread syrup, like this, the kind of syrup you put in coffee and like those types of things like flavored syrup. And then you top it off with Coca-Cola and it is like the perfect blend of like holiday spice. It's not super sweet. The, the Coke and the gingerbread syrup kind of meld well together. Cause you got those spices from the Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. you know, and then those warm notes from the maker's mark. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful combo. And I'm not even, I'm not even like a bourbon drinker, but I can drink this. Yeah. I was a little worried. I, I, I thought it was a, a good idea. Um, I'm not a fan of gingerbread. I feel like on every episode I say I'm not a fan of whatever we're drinking. But uh, for the gingerbread flavor, I'm not I'm not against it. But I was a little worried. So I've tried it now, and I love it. 
It's it, delicious, right? It tastes like I'm just eating one of those, like, uh, what are the Biscoff cookies mm-hmm. from, like, a, a flight? Yes. It's very smooth and very, uh, I'm probably addicting. Uh, I'll probably have a couple here on the, on the it show. Is but... very, it is very addicting, and this is why our holiday parties always got so turned up, because these things go down so smooth. Uh, you know, the gingerbread syrup really cuts the, the bite from the bourbon, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of, like, makes it just super, super smooth and, like, super nice. So, yeah. Uh, drinker beware. <laughs> yeah. And anyone wanting to recreate this drink, make sure you give yourself a little bit of time to find gingerbread syrup because yes. it can be a little difficult. Yes. I had no idea that gingerbread syrup was going to be a casualty of the pandemic because I just assumed I was going to be able to go to the grocery store and pick it up. And sure enough, um, there was no gingerbread syrup to be found. I had to order it from like the, you know, Tarani, they make like, they're like probably the most like mass marketed, uh, coffee syrups, right. Yeah. Had to order it from their website. And of course, you know, with mail and everything, it's taking forever to get here. And there's some, there's some on Amazon, but they're like, I don't like who's selling these for like $20 for a bottle of gingerbread syrup on Amazon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that too. And I was, I was trying to figure out if there was any way that I could get it here within two days and make it all work but yeah it didn't work out so yeah but you drove you had an hour round trip the dedication from you and the wife i was very impressed that you guys drove to uh total wine oh yeah yeah i told her about the drink and and she loves gingerbread and, and we both absolutely love christmas and christmasy drinks and so i couldn't you know skip out on this drink and we ended up finding mr stack's gingerbread liqueur at total, oh, total wine and more. So, but yeah, our, it took me a, a, an hour round trip to pick it up. And that was with already buying it. And all I had to do was drive, pull up and someone brought it to my car. Yeah. And they put oh, it in my God. trunk. I don't know if you've dealt with that with COVID. Um, no, I have, I have, well, I do a lot of pickup at Target and they just like hand it to you through the window. You know, yeah. just like, here, here you go, you know? So. Yeah. Um. I was a little worried of what I actually have in my trunk because I haven't checked my trunk in probably a year. So to have some person put alcohol in my trunk, it was uh, interesting to see what they might find. You're like, can I check first, please? Mm -hmm. And I ended up checking and I think you'll appreciate this. I have a Dean Ambrose action figure in my trunk and that is... That and a, a Star Wars sleeping bag. So those are the oh, only nice. two things. So it looks like I want to kidnap a child because oh, I have an God. action figure and a sleeping bag. But <laughs> but yeah, I was able to get it. It was worth the drive. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you like it because I was, you know, I was worried because like you said, gingerbread is kind of one of those things. Like it's kind of, it's a little bit polarizing. I'm not a person who eats like gingerbread cookies or anything like that. Gingerbread lattes are not my favorite. But this, when this came to be, uh, like the heel, like uh, I call him the heel husband. That's kind of his moniker on the show. But my husband mm-hmm. Seth, uh, like that, he nailed it. Like so, I give him all the credit for this drink. But if you try it, let let me know how you like it. Oh yeah, if you're this out is, there listening. This is so good. I think there are people out there listening. Just to, just to be clear, I think there are people out there listening. <laughs> we can hope. Let's hope so. Yeah, I have to at least listen to this one time to to edit. So we'll have at least one listener. Oh, that's awesome. So you were doing Christmas parties in Hawaii. Yeah. I I felt the same way. I lived in Orlando uh, for a while. So it was no snow. And you have to do the whole Christmas thing with it just completely hot and, and terrible. But you you have other Christmas party tales that you wanted to share. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like, obviously, when you get a bunch of grown adults together, um, we're, and, you know, you turn up, especially, we didn't have kids at the time, but a lot of these people, you know, they got their sitter for the night, they weren't going to miss the Phelps holiday party, you know, so yeah. they got their sitter for the night, they were ready to turn up. Um, and yeah, things got crazy. You know, we're all in costume. We're all like, you know, dressed to the nines. Like I have the best group of friends. Like they get so into a theme, mm -hmm. which I really appreciate in people. Like they just totally nerd out and wear like reindeer antlers and Santa hats and ugly sweaters and like, you know, the, the whole nine. Um, and at that time we lived on a military base. And looking back, it's really funny because, you know, when you don't have kids, like you just have a totally different perception on life. Like you just like are, you know, yeah. oh, it's 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 midnight. Like, what do you like? Why are these people complaining, like sending a noise complaint at midnight? You know, yeah, now, for sure. yeah, now that I have kids, I'm like, if, if my neighbors were like turning up at like 10 o'clock, I'd be like, oh, my God, what is wrong with them? Don't they know we're trying to sleep? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so there was one time I was in full reindeer costume um and the the military like the the military police got called on us and um you know i had to go out there and like of course i'm you know hammered um i had to go out there and like sober up really quickly and like talk to the talk to the police and like full reindeer costume you know and just be like you know acting like i'm not <laughs> dressed you know like this and they're just like you know are you know are you having a party blah 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 and i'm like no, we're, it's just a small get together, small get together. Music is like blaring through the house, you know, yeah. and there's like beer pong going on in the garage. And um, yeah, so talking to talking to the police in full reindeer costume was was pretty interesting. Also, after several drunken gingerbread mans finding my husband in the backyard asleep, uh, <laughs> that was another <laughs> interesting an interesting find that happened. So you just never know what's going to happen at the at the Phelps holiday parties. But we do have a lot of fun. We always you know have plenty of food, plenty of booze. It's good stuff. Yeah. I love when cops get called on a party. I loved, I loved when they got called on me when I was having a party in my twenties, you know, early twenties, I lived in Orlando and there was a, my going away party before I moved out to California. Mm -hmm. We burned a couch in our backyard Oh. and we had God. the fire department called on us. And luckily by the time that they showed up, the couch was gone. But they, they came in and uh, there might have been police there too. And they just said, hey, we heard that there was a, a out of control fire and we just want to check on it. And they mm -hmm. go into the back and they just see complete burnt metal couch frame on the mm -hmm. fire pit. Mm -hmm. But luckily it was out. But, but I remember just being like, oh, that is so funny that firefighters had to show up to my oh, going yeah. away party it's it's funny um you and i have that in common. Uh, it wasn't at our christmas party but we have like you know we, we lived in a small neighborhood we knew everybody so we were out in our back alley um mm -hmm. or my sorry my neighbor's back alley and we all like brought like everybody who had a live christmas tree and it has was like obviously dried up and dead by that point you know everyone who had a live Christmas tree, like, like we drug them out to the alley and like set them on fire. And, you know, in our, we were drinking obviously. And in our drunken state, we were like, we were breaking, like cutting the Christmas tree up into little pieces and like putting it in this pile. And burning <laughs> yeah. it, right. But then we get this bright idea, like, let's just throw this whole Christmas tree on there and see what happens. And I'm talking like a 30 foot flame, just like from the alley in between like, like two, like there's a house, you know, on each side and in, in the alley, like this yeah. 30 lane, like it's coming from the freaking gates of hell goes up, you know, and of course then the, you know, one of the, the bitchy neighbors called and got, or sorry, can I curse on this show? Yeah. You <laughs> can say whatever you want. Oh, perfect. Okay. One of the, one of the neighbors called the, um, the police and the fire department and they came and, and shut us down. And it's funny because, you know, I'm very like, 
by like I'm a rule follower mm-hmm. and when the police showed up I'm of age you know I'm like I was like what like 30 <laughs> at 30 at the time I yeah. like hide my drink and I'm like like I was I mean I'm at a house you know and I like hide my drink like oh my god like what are they gonna take me to jail for drinking you know um so yeah don't set things on fire when you are drunk just that's a rule from myself and Dylan yeah I feel like once not once I hit 30 probably a lot before a lot earlier before that I stopped burning stuff. Yeah, it's a good I, idea. Yeah, because I, I moved away. I moved away from Florida when I was twenty-two, and I have not burned anything in the backyard in California. Well, I think you know once you're beyond thirty, you start to own things, right? So your your yeah. value, you know, what I'm saying your values change a little bit because you're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't set this on fire. You know, in twenty-five, like nothing is yours. You know, you're renting everything. Oh, yeah. You you probably got some secondhand couch. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, you know, so it's like, ah, oh, screw it, we'll just throw it on the fire. But now, when you're thirty, you start to like acquire your own stuff. You grow up a little bit, so you're like, maybe I should watch what I set ablaze. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're in the, the phase now, my wife and I, where we're, we're trying to buy a house in the next couple of months. Yeah. And now it's like, if I would have kept that couch when I was 22, <laughs> I could put that in the guest room and we'd be totally fine. You know, now, yes. now it's, I have to find a couch somewhere. I uh, know. Hindsight. So with the Phelps family or Phelps Christmas party and the gingerbread, drunken gingerbread man, uh, do you mm-hmm. have other traditions that you do for uh, Christmas? Well, now it's, it's, you know, we're, my husband's in the military, so it's a little bit different for us each year. You know, sometimes we celebrate with our, you know, just us. Sometimes we celebrate at home with our families. You know, we go back to, we're originally both from Kentucky. Um, We always watch uh, Christmas movies. You know, we have a lineup of Christmas movies. We always watch before, um, you know, having kids. Like I would like deck, like I said, Nora Crank style deck out the whole house, like top to bottom, like take down all the normal, like you know, other 364 days of the year decorations and like, you know, just ex- explode Christmas everywhere. Um, now with kids, I'm a little more minimalist with my Christmas decorations just because I'm like, you know, gonna kids are going to mess things up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're going to, they're going to pull these ceramic uh, Christmas trees off and like, you know, there's no sense of putting that stuff up, but yeah, we always decorate. We always go see Christmas lights at, you know, drive through, I guess now, you know, everywhere is going to make you drive through, but we always yeah. drive through, you know, uh, look at the botanical gardens and do that kind of stuff. But yeah, we both love, we both love holidays and we're both really into doing all of the, the holiday things, like all the basic things, you know, yeah. like you have the pumpkin patch at Halloween, you know, we love to go to see the Christmas lights at Christmas and like have our fireplace going and watch Christmas movies. So just your standard stuff. Yeah. Well, how soon do you guys decorate for Christmas in the year? So I actually just put up my Christmas tree today. Typically I would have it up um, like early, earlier in November. So mm-hmm. I like, you know, the, the, you know, before Thanksgiving always, yeah. because let's be real, putting up your Christmas tree is a pain in the butt. So it's like, I, I'm going to enjoy this for more than 25 days. Like people are like, no, oh, you yeah. have to let, you have to wait till Thanksgiving's over, you know, December 1st, but dude, I'm going to enjoy this for at least a month and a half, um, possibly more because getting all that stuff out and fluffing your Christmas tree and putting the lights on. Like it all looks good on Instagram when like the families are like, look what we've done. But really there's a lot of pain in the butt that goes into that. Oh yeah, for sure. We typically leave our Christmas tree up until the end of January, just cause it's like, yeah, all the needles are going to be everywhere and we're going to have to sweep. We're going to have to, you know, our, our Roomba, we call him Rupert. He's got to feed and you know, He's so we, feed. we typically, this is our third year uh, together and, I think we did it earlier last year setting up for Christmas, but 
we went to our storage unit because we're trying to move. So we're trying to get as much stuff in storage unit so that we don't have to. So you have to actually like move it. Yeah. Yeah. So specifically for this episode, I do want to say we're recording this November 24th, but specifically for this episode, we, we started decorating the entire apartment because my wife said we cannot watch Christmas movies until there are decorations up. I'm, I'm with her. I'm yeah. with her. <laughs> and we're, we're talking about two Christmas movies uh, in a bit on this, on this podcast. But yeah, the second that the first light goes up, Mariah Carey starts playing on Spotify. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and we're good to go. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with her. I think you know it's it's hard to watch Christmas movies with the right lens if there's no like if there's no Christmas decorations around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you can't just watch it. Like it, it, I mean, it may as well be the middle of the summer. You know? Oh yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, if you're gonna watch Little Ralphie, you gotta have some Christmas lights up somewhere. You know? Yeah, we do a thing every uh, October where we try to watch 31 horror, Halloween, thriller, whatever, basically like scary movies in October. But we typically don't watch horror movies throughout the year because we're waiting for it to be Halloween. We have to have carved our pumpkins and have all the decorations up. And it's the same with Christmas where we're just dying to watch the new shitty Lifetime movie or shitty Netflix movie now because Netflix does a terrible Christmas movie every year, Mm -hmm. you know, until, you know, once the first lights go up, that's, that's when it's full blown work Christmas mode. Yeah. It's funny because I never got into, I have a lot of friends that are like hardcore into the Hallmark scene. You know, mm-hmm. they, they watch all the Hallmark movies and stuff and you know, they all have the same premise and stuff, but they, they don't care. Like, it's just, they are so here for it. Like when the, when Hallmark announces its lineup, they're so stoked. Um, I never got into watching those. I mean, I've seen, you know, a few of them here and there, none that were like memorable, but we, I pretty much stick to the classics when it comes to like the, the holiday movies and stuff, yeah. you know, I stick to like the, the big 10, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's pretty much it. But yeah, anytime there's like snow and I think I, I personally hate snow. I love Christmas. I love the idea of snow. I love yeah. like, you know, if you could wake up on Christmas morning and like, you know, there's a, a you know, a fresh blanket of snow and you're drinking your hot cocoa and opening presents around the tree. Like, yes, I, I, I love that idea. But then you think like, you know, reality hits and you're going to have to like go shovel your driveway and like trudge out in the snow. And like it, and after like the first day, it's all muddy and yucky and there's Mm -hmm. footprints all in it. And just something about snow just does not appeal to me. But after living in Hawaii for over six years, I'm like, like fingers crossed. I'm like, maybe we'll see snow this year, you Mm -hmm. know, but I'll probably regret it. Like the moment that it snows us in, I'll be like, Oh, son of a. Yeah. I'm originally from Northern New York. Basically oh, wow. as north as you can go. I can see Canada from my parents' uh, house. Oh my gosh, wow. And it's it was always snow. And obviously because of the pandemic going on, I'm not going home for Christmas. So this is going to be my first Christmas in California. And there's not going to be any snow, which is going to yeah. be very weird. It is weird. But also I'm not going to have to blow my nose every five minutes or yeah. I can wear, I wear my Garfield t-shirts I've been following. Yeah. I've yeah. been following the Garfield t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife said, how much was that shirt worth? And I said, I think he spent $13. So I'm winning a $13 <laughs> bet. But Christmas Day, I'm going to have this Garfield t-shirt on. 
in pajamas and I can go outside with the dogs and I don't have to worry about shoveling snow. I don't have to worry about getting a cold. I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. Or like the bottom of your pants getting wet. Like to me, like that's always the worst, you know, like when your, your pants get like that wetness on the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. your, sho- your shoes, you step in snow and then all of a sudden your shoes are all wet. Like there's just, other than the look of it, if you can be in like a cabin in the middle of the mountains, you know, yeah. like in a perfect world, other than the look of snow, snow is a pain in the ass, oh, you yeah. know? And having to find boots. Yeah. Because you can't wear just normal shoes out. You have to find boots so that your ankles and your socks don't get filled with snow. And now I have kids and like, I I don't know if you've ever dressed children, but Jesus, it is like the worst. Okay. Even just regular clothes, like just putting regular like sweat pants and like a, a top on my kid. He's like, you know flailing around so trying to put gloves and a hat and boots and socks and extra layers i'm like no yeah. count, count me out count me out i picked the right state to potentially have kids in then yeah for sure yeah we spent we spent the last six christmases uh, on the beach which was really nice like that was like our christmas tradition we would wake up we would open presents and then we would head to our favorite beach on oahu and uh it, I'm not going to lie. I, if I could do that this year, I would be there for it in a heartbeat. I am all about beach Christmases. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So when you and your heel husband, when you guys first met, obviously when couples first meet, they do the gifts for each other every Christmas. Mm-hmm. You try to surprise each other with this and that. Did you come up with an idea eventually when you were getting married? Like no more gifts. Let's do this instead. Anything like that? No. So my husband, like one of his love languages is gift giving. Like he loves to give gifts, you know, um, he, he loves to like do the whole thing. Me, I'm all for like, let's plan something. Let's, you know, if we could all come together and like, you know, plan like a trip or something like that. But Mm -hmm. he loves to have like things to open or, you know, surprise gifts and stuff like that. Um, we don't go out as like, you know, obviously we, we give, all the gifts to our kids now. Um, but we don't go as hard as we used to, but I always, and he's, he's that also that type of person that like, if he wants something, he usually just gets it. So he's like the yeah. impossible to buy for guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he has everything. So you really have to like climb a mountain to yeah. figure out like, what can I get him? That's going to be like useful and meaningful that he's really going to like and need, you know? So, um, yeah, we give each other gifts, but there, we don't have any like rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. Our first few years together, we, uh, we bought gifts and then I bought us electric scooters because we loved electric scooters. We've rode them maybe twice and this was two (laughs) years ago. And then we decided we, same as, as your husband, we, we already buy what we need. Yeah. So let's, let's make a rule every year. So we save our money. We do a new year's trip. So instead of buying gifts for Christmas, we go somewhere for New Year's. Mm -hmm. So we put all of our money together for that. But in order to still get gifts for each other and still have it be like the, you know, the season of giving, we do $10 max dollar store items for each other. Oh, I love that. Stocking stuffers. I love that. So we will, we go to a Dollar Tree or 99 cent store or Family Dollar, Dollar General. And we each can only spend $10. So it's always like goofy things. Like my wife, you know, she loves candles. So I'll get her a dollar candle. But then I'll I'll get her, you know, candy she likes or, you know, a hairnet, something silly, you know, yeah. something to, to kind of just make it not the same thing every year. 
And uh, and then the only thing that we spend actual money on is we buy each other a pair of socks. So are the socks, are they like, you know, just usually like theme socks or wild and crazy socks or like fuzzy socks? Or... Christmas themed. So okay. they're Christmas themed. So we, so we do, we buy each other socks and you have to wear them on Christmas day. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I just, I like, you know, to me, like, I'm not a very, like I, I'm saying, like if I, if I want something, I usually get it, you know, I'm not a very mm -hmm. needy, like, you know, high, uh, what's the word? Um, high maintenance. High maintenance. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. I'm not a very yeah. high maintenance person, so I don't need a lot of things. Um, so for me, like Christmas to me, I like to give gifts too. So for me, the joy is like giving other people awesome gifts and like yeah. seeing their reactions when they open them and stuff. Um, so I love the, just the creativity to make it like fun and that a little bit of whimsy without having to feel like the pressure. Cause sometimes there's like too much pressure, you know, like mm -hmm. what can I get you, especially when you're a hard to buy for a person, like what can I get you that you're going to love, yeah. you know, and use, uh, because my husband always jokes, like, he's like, I get you stuff for Christmas and then you never end up using it. Like I wanted a GoPro one year, like again, like the scooters, I used it like maybe five or six times. And he's like, see, yeah. I got you that GoPro you wanted. And <laughs> you know, it never, it never even got used. So yeah, I love just like the little creative fun things. Yeah. These $800 scooters that are right next to me uh, right now are, <laughs> they're going to, they're going up for sale because yeah. we just, we aren't going to use them. Um, so growing up, did you have, you're a wrestling fan. So I assume mm -hmm. you had wrestling figures growing up. But was there something that you absolutely needed every single year that you always asked for? Oh, man. So I really liked, like, it's going to sound weird. I always liked, like, tech gifts. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. always loved, like, I always wanted, like, a new CD player, which, oh, my God, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm aging myself. I don't know what the, the demographic listening. What but, is you know. CD? So what is a CD? Yeah. Um, I always wanted like CD players or little like voice recorders. I remember one year I was oh, yeah. so stoked because do you remember the voice recorders with like the little mini tapes? Like it would be something that like a reporter was would so use. cute. Yeah. I was like, these little <laughs> mini tapes, I'm here for this, you know? Yeah. So I always wanted that or like a, you know, Walkman, Discman, um, uh, the, actually it's funny cause we're going to be talking about home alone. Um, in home alone too. Do you remember the, the, vo the voice coder? Oh thing? yeah, of course I had, yes, I had that and I loved it. So I love, always loved getting stuff like that. So I was always on the lookout for like tech, tech gifts, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I always went through different phases where for some reason I thought that I liked football, like growing up. <laughs> Because I've I have three older brothers and I think they were kind of into football. So I was like, oh well I love the I Dallas. I must like football. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Dallas Cowboys. So I want nothing but Dallas Cowboys stuff. Who didn't love the Dallas Cowboys in the mid nineties or the early yeah. mid nineties? You know yeah. what I mean? It's very true. I don't think I ever saw a single football game though. I think it was just, <laughs> oh, by association I have to yeah, I love football now. But in 95 and 96 is when I got into Star Wars and pro wrestling. And every single year it was, okay, I need these 200 items, Santa. Santa. WWF, bone-crunching action figures. I already have oh, Steve yeah. Austin, Rocky Maivia, you know, I, but I need the two Tough series. I need Brian Christopher and Jerry Lawler two-pack. I need, you know, Truth Commission. You know, I need all this stuff. And then it just became a every single year I was asking for pro wrestling toys and Star Wars toys. Which is so funny because I just imagine your poor parents like scouring every KB toy store and every Toys R Us trying to find like the exact figure that you had pointed out. You know what I mean? Because 
like it's it's just funny thinking about it now you know like you're just like okay yeah i want this figure like surely it's going to be like i'm going to ask santa for it or i'm going to ask my parents for it and it's just going to be there like what if it's Mm -hmm. not there you know and your parents are like hopping from toys r us to toys r us to kb toy store to you know walmart or wherever trying to find this thing like it's so funny yeah well i think it worked out really well for my parents sake where wwf bone crunching action they had so many lines uh, yeah. coming out and same with star wars they had their main line they had their two packs they had this they had that and it was never in either situation i need this one person like True, i need yeah. boba fett it's like yeah. i want boba fett i want uh droopy mccool i want leia i need luke i need luke in bespin gear so i gave enough variety yeah enough yeah. enough variety where i was never upset with what i got because Luckily, I love the two things that overproduce toys. That's true. That is that is very true. Um, I think about now, though, with all the, you know, I don't know if you still collect, or if you collect any, like, modern figures or anything, but, like, there are so many distribution problems with, like, the, the modern... Uh, AEW. Like, I mean, with, yeah, oh, AEW, poor AEW. Like, I love Jeremy Padauer. I love Jazzwares. Yeah. I love everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, man, did they botch their... Um, their launch for their the August figures. 3rd launch that it, didn't launch like, until August you, 21st. Are you kidding me? You gave people a specific date? Like just say coming in August. That's all you got to say. So people trickle into Walmart every once in a while saying like, mm-hmm. let me check and see these AEW figures came out. But when you tell people they're going to come out on August 3rd, all the freaking marks and scalpers and everybody are going to show up at Walmart on October 3rd and harass these poor Walmart employees in oh, the yeah. section, you know, and then go online and just like burn the freaking Twitter sphere to the, to the ground when they're not there, you know? Yeah. I told my wife, I said, I want to collect the AEW toys because AEW's uh, now the only wrestling that I watch. It's good. It's really good. I can't can't do WWE anymore. I can appreciate that people appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But so she had to deal with me being like, oh, uh, Mandy, let's go to uh, Walmart. You know, we got to pick up, you know, toilet paper. We got to get toilet some buckets yeah. for this. We have to get some uh, treats for the dogs. Uh, but uh, yeah, while we're there, I'm going to check out the AEW toys. And I think it was the 13th of August. They had just set up the display. Oh, so I bought, you found a fresh shipper, huh? And I bought two of each. And I said, I want to... Did you to... get Brandy? No, she wasn't in the original release. Oh, man. But also, I, I don't collect the, the women toys. Oh, man. Lil Brand Brand is fire right now. <laughs> Lil Brand Brand mm-hmm. getting stomped on on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying two sets of them. But this, I was the first person there. And the second that I was like, I had them in my cart, there was two people behind me. They started grabbing them, too. It's insane how quick it went. Yeah. So I told Mandy, I said, these are impossible to find. So I'm going to keep my pack and they're still mock, uh, you know, men. Yeah. And, and I said, I want our kids to play with these. I'm going to yeah. keep them so I can open them with my kids and be like, oh my God, this is the thing that I loved and open them. And then I put the other ones on uh, eBay and I said, people are looking for them. I'm just going to put them on eBay. Yeah. And I put them for... $30 a piece, yeah. free shipping. So they're $20. So basically I'm going to make $3 off of each one. I ended up making like $250 off yeah. of off of them. So it paid for me paying for both. Yeah. And then I still made money off of it. 
Well, it's funny that, you know, you say like, you're like, oh yeah, when I have kids, I'm going to have them open them. But man, I'm telling you, it'll be funny to see what the value on those things are, you know, even just a mm -hmm. couple of years from now, you know, especially yeah. this first wave, obviously, you know, Jeremy has come out and said that they're going to release more. I mean, there's going to be more Cody's, there's going to be more bucks, there's going to be more, yeah. you know, Kenny's and stuff like that in future waves. So, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't get wave one, like no worries, but it is really cool to be on, like have that first set and be on the ground floor. Like this is like, you know, the first series, the first wave of a brand new line of figures, which is super, super yeah. cool, you know, because even when you go back and look at series one, like Mattel elites to see like where they, where they were and you thinking like, Oh my God, this is the best action figure I've ever seen to like where they are now. Mm -hmm. Like the just the vast differences with like the true effects technology and like. Do you all say vast difference? <laughs> vast difference, <laughs> not vast, vast difference. Vast difference. <laughs> the gingerbreads are kicking in. My words are just slurring together, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to see like how how much they've improved over the years, it'll be interesting yeah. to see like how much like even just in a couple of years how how the AEW figures evolve. Yeah, and the way that I'm going to go with uh, toys now is so with the uh, AEW toys. I really just I want one of each character essentially. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. I don't care about owning the first line or the first ever made or all the different outfits. It's just I like owning the the separate characters. So yeah, if it gets to the point where you know we've got six uh, young bucks, uh, we've got a bunch of whoever else is in the first line, uh, Jericho, uh, Cody, Jericho, whatever. Kenny, yeah. As long as I own one of the characters, I'm fine. This isn't going to yeah. be a collecting thing for me. It's more of a you know, each character. So if mm -hmm. I sell them down the line, I'm not going to be upset selling them. Yeah. So uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Did you, did you pre-order wave two or anything? Or do you just, do you just shop on the pegs or do you shop online when you order figures? So I pre-ordered series two, August 7th. <laughs> yeah. They have not shipped. I yeah. ordered series one and series two, August 7th. And then I found Series 1 August 13th and then canceled my shipment for Series 1. Yeah, it's um, it's with the AEW figures, it's just been so, like I said, it's so hit or miss. So, I mean, again, I try to be patient, you know, because I'm like, this is a whole new a whole new thing. I'm not going to, like, rake anybody across the coals. But yeah. I, I've, I've seen this with, like, jacks in the past and stuff, you know, like the over-promising and, like, the under- under yeah. delivering, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so I'm just like, come on, get it together. Get it together, Jazzwares. So. Okay. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay. We are going to talk about Home Alone, your Christmas movie of choice, okay. and Krampus. My okay. Christmas movie of choice. So uh, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Dylan from Have a Drink With Me. I think now's a good time to head over to our YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. You can find us at watch.hadwm.com. All right, and we are back. I just had to stir up my drink. Does yours curdle as well? No. I think because you have the liqueur, which has oh. probably got a little bit of like dairy in it. You know what I mean? Like that makes sense. So you, yeah. You can see mine is just like straight, like coffee syrup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, the... that's originally what I was trying to buy mm -hmm. the Tarani. Mm -hmm. Tarani. Yeah. yeah. Tarani. But yeah, this is like, it's like pouring Bailey's or you mm -hmm. know, Kahlua. It's that like cream 
I bet that would be good though. I, I, it's I very I, good. Yeah, I would like to try that too. Oh, very good. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to say about the whole Christmas tradition and that kind of thing is if you're watching Christmas Lifetime movies or Netflix, like those cheesy movies, Yeah. my wife and I play a game that I think you and your heel husband will love to play. Okay. And it's called Dumb. So you have a drink and every time you watch, uh, you, while you're watching, every time you both look at each other and you're like, dumb, you both drink. Oh, wow. And it makes Lifetime movies and uh, cheesy Netflix movies amazing. I, I try not to be too like uh, cynical or skeptical. You know what I mean? So like I try to like accept things. But yeah, there's lots of times in those movies. I'm like, I do that exact thing. I'm like, seriously, like, you know, try try to find oh, yeah. the plot hole. You know, I'm like, OK, <laughs> OK. Well, it could be a new uh, Christmas tradition for you. Guys. I like that. OK, um, we're going to try it. We'll make it like what's the I've seen a lot of people talk about holiday. Have you seen that one? It's on our queue. It's okay. going to be the first one that we watch. Okay, I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out because I've seen a lot of people talk about it, and obviously mixed reviews depending on who's saying that they watched it. Yeah, it depends on if people enjoy movies or not. <laughs> you need to learn exactly. to have fun with really anything if you're going to enjoy movies. Whatever we have to we have to make lemonade out of lemons this this whole year. You know what I mean? If we haven't learned to be optimistic by now and just like you know try to make a little bit of fun and whimsy out of like a total shit show, then what are we doing oh, yeah. here? You know? Oh yeah, for sure. So Christmas movies. Okay. Yep. Uh, you picked Home Alone. Yeah. Is that uh, your favorite Christmas movie? I mean, it's definitely up there. I just feel like Home Alone is one of those movies that's like totally hater proof. Like mm -hmm. it's just so good. Like I think every and I think as a kid, you know, I I was born in '85, so I was like. This movie came out, what, like 1990, I think, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I was, like, five, six years old when this movie came out. And I just think, like, you can totally relate to Kevin McAllister at that, you know, point in your life where you're just yeah. like, oh, my God, my family's so lame. Like, what are they doing? They're ruining my life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I hope I never see my family again. And I just love everything about it. I thought the casting of the movie is perfect. Like, there's nobody in that movie that I can imagine being played by anyone else you know like if you, if you yeah. try to think of like you know recasting that movie like there's nobody that i would change that, i'm so glad you said that because i was reading into it a little bit more today to see who else was possibly casted for these roles oh yeah and do you remember the annoying neighbor kid who accidentally gets counted as kevin oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he auditioned for kevin originally oh my gosh McCall like no no yeah i mean this the I think with this movie, Home Alone, you could recast every single character in this movie except mm -hmm. for Macaulay Culkin, and it yeah. still would have been amazing. Yes. Macaulay Culkin, he gave it 150%. I mean, oh, yeah. it, is there any other kid that would bring that energy? And I've watched a lot of kids' movies in the you know early 90s, mid-90s. Mm -hmm. Like, other than, like, maybe, maybe the great Hambino. You know, I can't remember what his actual name is, but, you know, the, the guy that played Ham in The Sandlot. Um, oh jeez! Oh, uh, he, he's one of my favorite of all time. But Macaulay Culkin mm -hmm. is like right up there with with him. Yeah, he's from the Big Green. Um, yeah, the the Big the, Green. The he was soccer, in a lot of soccer movies. Movie, yeah, yeah, and I think he was in Heavyweights. Was he in Heavyweights too? No, no maybe he wasn't he was in Heavyweights. heavyweights. Uh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> I love this. I just googled the Great Hambino, and Google says, "Who is the Great Hambino? Is the Great Hambino real?" <laughs> 
Yes, the great the great, great Hambino, Hambino is, is real. so real. Is so real. Yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. He ended up being in uh, Patrick Renna. He Patrick ended up being Renna, yes. in like some weird like coming of age like college movie. But I want to. I, I do want to say, like, with the rest of the cast, it was mm-hmm. perfect. Macaulay Culkin yeah. would have made the movie no matter who was casted, but they had the perfect cast. I was just going to say, like, I can't imagine anybody being Harry and Marv besides Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I mean, it's just like the absolute, like, they, they nailed it, like, 100%. Oh, that. absolutely. And I was reading earlier that neither of them thought the movie was going to do very well, which oh is why God. they overacted so much. Wow. And them overacting so much is what made it so much better. Well, you know, I mean, the, the crazy thing about it is, is like Joe Pesci, like, you know, obviously, like at that point in my life, I didn't know the Joe Pesci that I know in my adult life. You know, like yeah. I didn't know he was like, you know, good fellow gangster. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he was like a, you know, a gangster, <laughs> you know, just like driving this van around as the wet bandits, you know. So to me, um, I thought like he was a he was kind of a, a stupid badass in in Home Alone. I had no idea what I was dealing with, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just a, a cute little villain that you want to pick up and and show your mom. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. He's like a little pocket villain. Mm-hmm. Adorable. I want to. I'm going to go through a few names of people who were originally considered okay. for the role of Harry. Okay. Danny DeVito. Okay, Danny DeVito. I could see. I, I don't think I would like it better, but I could 100% see it. I think it would be funnier seeing Danny DeVito, who's super short. Yeah. Trying to run around the house with his poor little legs, going upstairs and slipping on ice and all that stuff. Yeah, but Joe Pesci just has that like Italian, like, you know, just like the lip, like the attitude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito, he, he's kind of like a spicy little guy. But yeah. Joe Pesci, I think, just brings like the the legitimacy, like you know, what oh, I mean? yeah. a, little bit, a little bit of the scary factor. When mm-hmm. when things get real toward the end of the movie, whenever, um, you know, they're like, "We're gonna pinch your cojones off," you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think that's not Danny DeVito. That's a Joe Pesci m- movie. Oh, right for there, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, how are they gonna find a stunt a stunt man to mimic Danny DeVito's body? Very true. You have to go with an interesting shaped woman for that one. Exactly. Uh, I got another one. John Lovitz. Wow. John Lovitz. It would be very awkward. Just like, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> just. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awkward and terrible. <laughs> it would, that would be, that would have been terrible. I mean, the movie would not have done very, very good. We would not have been talking about it 30 years later. Like it's literally just the 30 year anniversary of this movie just passed. Yeah. Like, like last week on, on Monday, uh, it just passed. So yeah, we would not be talking about this movie 30 years later. If John, if John Lovitz was, was, was Harry. Harry. No, a very interesting one that I think could have worked. Bob Hoskins, Bob Hoskins. Hold on. Let me look. Super up Mario. Let me see. Alien. Oh, oh, yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit? That's where I know that guy from. Yeah, that's where I know. Okay, I could see, I could see him. I think he would have done really well. I think he would have done well because he was very, like, he was very overacting in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like he has the, the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this next one, I'm going to bring a, a, a wrestling reference into this. Okay. This next actor. Would have been so we can say Harry and Marv. Harry is the commentator, mm-hmm. and Marv is the color commentator. 
Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. So, but with this one, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean was almost going to be Harry, but I feel like Rowan Atkinson would have played a better Marv because yes. he's such a comedic actor. 100%. And there's no way that he's the the play-by-play. That's what I was mm-hmm. looking for. The play-by-play yeah. versus color. Yes. Yes, Rowan. Rowan. Mr. Bean is definitely the color. The color guy. Like he. Mm-hmm. He would bring like the funny, the stupidity, the ignorance. Like you know the. Um. He would be the one that would get them caught, just oh, like yeah. Daniel Stern did. You know, with the mm-hmm. sticky bandits and the wet bandits. Like Mr. Bean would totally play that role. He couldn't play the Joe Pesci because Joe Pesci, even though he makes a lot of stupid mistakes, he's the brains of the operation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Marv is just there to like with the assist. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Now we're on to Marv. Okay. And I I love uh, Daniel Stern. I think he's so good. And when I think of everything that he's ever been in, I'm always going to go back to Marv. I loved mm-hmm. him in Bushwhacked, where he yes. plays a, a, yes, what, a criminal yeah. uh, scoutmaster. He, he takes like the guys on the camping. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two people. I'll start with the, with the one that I don't really care for. Michael Richards. So you got Kramer from... Seinfeld was no. up for the role. I, I love Seinfeld and I love Kramer. Kramer's uh-huh. one of like, he's probably one of my favorite characters yeah. on Seinfeld. I mean, I love them all, but mm-hmm. I love Kramer. I he wouldn't have been able to do it. No, I don't see him as Marv. But there's an actor who turned down the role of Marv. Okay. Christopher Lloyd. Okay. That may have worked. But I mean, I he, he's love- Doc Brown, though. I would love that too, you know, but. I don't know. You know, well, I guess he kind of played a stupid character. Do you remember him in Dennis the Menace? When no. he was like, he was like the bandit in Dennis the Menace. Okay. Oh, with like, the beans under the yes, bridge? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So he was in the, the live action movie, Dennis the Menace. And he was like the, um, the escaped convict. And he kind of played that like, like, he was he was an evil persona but he was kind of stupid too you know yeah because I mean? he I swallows guess, like the key to un yes handcuff himself yes it's so funny because that is one of the most memorable scenes from the whole movie like yeah the bean, the bean scene yeah i remember yeah. from that movie i remember that the like there was something with like painted chicken breast or like a pink chicken breast or something the that got like and I then remember, i remember the chiclets you remember the chiclet, chiclet teeth the and teeth? that was gonna be yes. the other one chiclet mm-hmm. teeth Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could see Christopher Lloyd doing that, but also I could like, see him, I could see him doing it. So look, you, you said Doc Brown. What else do you know Christopher Lloyd from? Page master. Is that a weird reference? <laughs> Page master with Macaulay Culkin. With Macaulay Culkin. Yes. I think, I think if Christopher Lloyd didn't turn down the role of Marv, I think he would have been an even bigger actor because of it. I mean, obviously everyone knows Christopher Lloyd. But if you think of Christopher Lloyd, you think of Doc Brown. Yeah, and then but I mean, but there's nothing wrong really with it. being associated with Back to the Future. I mean that 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 oh, franchise yeah. is freaking huge and nostalgic for so many people. But you look know? what I mean, else he could have gotten if he killed the role of Marv and had two back to back just like hit movies. True, but what are what are Daniel Stern's other like blockbuster movies? You know, he was City Slickers the narrator of. Wonder uh, Years. Wonder Years. And yeah. yeah, City Slickers. And now he's on Shrill. I don't watch oh, Shrill. Oh, Shrill's good. I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. A.D. Bryant. 
fun show, Plays Her Dead. And then it was like Luck of the Irish or something like that. Little or... Monsters, too. Do you remember Little Monsters with, uh, not Ben Howie Savage, Mandel? Uh, Fred Savage. Fred Savage and Howie yes. Mandel. He was yeah. in that? Was I... he the dad or something? I don't think he was the dad. I think, um, I can't, I can't remember, but I, I feel like, let me look him. let me look up his IMDb. Um, yeah, I want to look up his IMDb to see how successful he was. So, okay. So he was in rookie of the year, bushwhacked city yeah. slickers, which city slickers is good. I mean, I mean, it's definitely a, you know, a time capsule. Like, you know, if you mm-hmm. go back and watch city slickers, it's definitely dated, but, um, breaking away, never heard of that. Um, Celtic Pride. Do you remember Celtic, Celtic Pride? Pride? That's yeah. the one that I was thinking, not um, whatever I said. But yeah, Celtic Pride. Yeah. Everything else is just like, eh. You know? he did, He's done a shit ton of movies, though, man. Real Great talk. actor. I love yeah. him. Also, uh, Home Alone, at that time, became the highest grossing comedy movie of all time. Pretty crazy, right? I mean, now it's, now it's beaten by like every children's movie and probably The Hangover. Yeah, Deadpool. I was going to say The Hangover is probably the number one. Yeah. Well, the the Grinch, the new the um the like CGI Grinch is like the highest grossing like Christmas movie of all time. That means nothing to me. My ten year old <laughs> niece told me that it was that she loved it more than the live action. I kind of do too. Which is okay. Yeah. Which is okay. But she loved it more than the original animated. Okay, I don't know that I love it more than the original. I think, but just because I'm nostalgic to the original. If I grew yeah. up with this with this Grinch, this CGI Grinch, mm-hmm. I would probably be, I mean, he's pretty awesome. I actually really like him. He's got redeeming qualities, unlike the Jim Carrey version, which is just kind of like menacing and like kind of a jerk, you know? Yeah, I wanted to choke this 10-year-old when I heard that. <laughs> um, who does the voice of Grinch in the new one? Oh my gosh, um, I do, I know this. Will Arnett? No, Um he does the voice of everything now. Uh, no, it is Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh, yikes. Yes. Yeah. So he's getting some serious residuals off of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> off of that. I want to add uh, one more thing about Home Alone before we move on to Krampus, because okay. we're cutting it pretty close here. Um, so there's a great Netflix show called The Movies That Made Us. Yes. And they break down um, all of Home Alone, mm-hmm. all the shooting stuff and everything behind the scenes. And one thing that was really interesting to me was that the flooded basement scene, mm-hmm. they shot in the local high school swimming pool. They rebuilt the whole basement and they filled the high school pool. Oh, wow. So that all the water poured down and then it all filled up. And that was like one of the biggest things that blew my mind. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's also for anybody who was listening to the earlier segment who, um, who's, who stuck around, uh, there's also the toys that made us on Netflix. So if you're into toy collecting, the toys that made us on Netflix is an amazing Great series. Show. Yes. Great super show. Awesome. Well, hopefully at this point we uh, retain our audience and uh, <laughs> thanks for doubting. Thanks for doubting the show. Chick Foley. No, I think, listen, I, I have went back. I've loved the show. I went back and listened to all the backlogged episodes. When you came into my DMs, I was like, no, I'm going to check this out. And like, I wouldn't have listened any further if I didn't like it. I love, I love the casualness of it. I love all the guests you've had. Like, yeah. I'm here for it. For the records, me going to the DMs was strictly professional. Strictly uh, professional. Because going into the DMs uh, isn't It has a connotation. Uh, it has yeah. a connotation. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it was strictly business. Movies that made us, 
great on Netflix, uh, great backstory with everything Home Alone. Um, and yeah, you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But now we are on to Krampus. And I know that this is going to be very quick. We're going to talk about Krampus very quickly because I don't have too much to say about it. I don't have too much backstory or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have other questions that involve Krampus. But oh, we got a dog barking. My dog. So Krampus, I I haven't seen a Christmas movie in theater since Elf came out. Until okay. Krampus. Former co-host of the show, Tom Flynn, asked me if I wanted to go see Krampus in theaters. And mm-hmm. I said, sure, let's go. And, oh my God, this is one movie I have to watch every single year for Christmas. So I have to tell you, I had never seen Krampus until you mm-hmm. brought it up. I don't even know, like, I don't know why I why I had never seen it. Um, because I love horror movies. I love thrillers. I love all the spooky, scary things. Like, that's my jam. I actually mm-hmm. enjoy Halloween more than Christmas. Um, yeah. Even though I love Christmas. And so when you brought up Krampus, I was like, oh my God. Because I, I just thought when we were talking about which movies we were going to choose, I thought it was going to just be like one of the big 10, you know, Christmas Vacation yeah. or Christmas Story. Miracle on 34th. And, yeah. Miracle on 34th, something like that. But you slide in there with Krampus and I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I watch it and oh my gosh, first of all, I enjoyed it so much. Um, even though like the the characters i don't care anything about the characters like you know i actually was kind of rooting for krampus yeah <laughs> at a certain point i was like get him krampus mm-hmm. um but i i thought it was really 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 entertaining for sure they do a really good job at just pinpointing literally every single person who's ever going to listen to this they pinpoint every single person's vision of what their christmas is yeah you're stuck with family that you mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. and you're stuck with family that you don't really care for. 100%. You're in closed quarters. There's always the one person to complain about the food. There's one person to complain about being there. There's one person to complain about They, they try anything. to ruin, ruin the magic and tell you that Santa Claus is not real and, yeah. you know, all the things. That's It's just an, that's an ongoing thing. And what's amazing about this movie is the entire first act, watching it, you're just like, this is just a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. This is how Christmas is. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother's making cookies. The parents aren't excited for the aunt or uncle to show up. Yeah. Everything's fun. Then you hit act two and your goddamn daughter dies. She gets freaking scarfed up. By a music box. Yep. <laughs> and you are straight into the horror section mm-hmm. of this movie. So you get yeah. your first act that is just, it's a nostalgic Christmas movie. But can we talk about that opening sequence, though? That opening sequence was so, it's so sad because I like to think of Christmas as like, you know, this magical time. But then like that is like almost like the real like consumerist, like Black Friday style, like, you know, just ruthless aggression Mm -hmm. to bring in a wrestling term, ruthless aggression. Toothless aggression, too. Yeah, (laughs) Toothless aggression. It was, um, I was just watching and they had, I forget what song they had, but it was like a very like joyous, like Christmas song playing over the top of these people just like clawing each other's eyes out for toasters. And, you know, like, I was just like, oh my God, like this is this is the holiday spirit right here, you know? Yeah. And then it goes into that dysfunctional family, like first sequence, like you talked about. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And the fun fact of that is, so that entire opening scene where they're 
essentially Black Friday shopping, mm-hmm. I would assume, is the only scene that they shot that is not on a soundstage. They shot that entire opening sequence in New Zealand. And then the rest of the movie was all soundstage. Why New Zealand? Like you had to go all the way to New Zealand? Like that's an American thing. <laughs> you know, well, just- well, that's the thing is who was there? No one from the movie is in that opening sequence. That is probably all just New Zealanders. That's true. And it was, yeah. it could have been, you know, Michael Doherty, a uh, director being like, hey, hey, buddy in New Zealand. Gotcha. Would you, would yeah. you mind doing it? Would you mind filming some people in a store? Like, spot that's, on New Zealander accent. Yeah, thanks. I, I was going for Australian, but I, <laughs> I messed it all up. But that's like the only scene from the entire movie that's not shot on a soundstage. And that's crazy because they did such an amazing job at making it look like a real blizzard. Like yeah. I'm from Northern New York and I've been in yeah. whiteouts and I've been in the situation where you can't see the neighbor across the street. And it was so perfect. Have you ever walked out your door and just like casually saw a 20 foot, like ominous looking snowman out the front door though? Yes. Like that, that's, you have. No, <laughs> no, no, that was that is such a scary scene too. And and you notice that every time that someone in the movie dies, a new snowman shows up. Yes. I, I figured that out. I figured that out early on. I was like, Oh, I see what's going on here. Like as the body count stacks up, like the snowman yep. start to start to stack up. I just couldn't get over the fact. And listen, I, I watch a lot of scary horror movies mm-hmm. and I know you can't like grieve every person that passes away appropriately but i just could not get over the the total lack of like emotions like these people's daughter is missing like they just like they're just like sitting around their house waiting and they're just like oh man like i guess you can go out and look for oh do you want to go out and look for yeah we'll take my gun and i'm just i was just like okay all you guys need to go all you guys need to go except for the cat okay i think the only thing that really got me emotionally invested was that there was a dog And then there was a baby and I was like, if anything happens to the dog and the baby, I'm out, you know, Um, everybody else can go. But like, I think that was the only thing that brought like that emotional attachment. So apparently while they were shooting the dog scene, Michael Doherty, the directors and uh, uh, one of the writers, apparently his dog back home was sick and he found out that they had to put the dog down while they were shooting the dog possibly dying. Oh my gosh. And that is nuts. But I do want to say being from uh, Northern New York in a place where it is white out snow. Mm-hmm. If I was to go somewhere, my parents would be like, okay, he's inside. That's fine. All the power's out. This happens yeah. all the time. And that's like a common thing. You uh, Hawaiians, I guess <laughs> don't have to deal with white out snow, but but it was like, okay, we know they said they're going where they're going. So yeah. we assume that they're there. So let's not worry too much. Yeah. Um, so I didn't think too much into that. That's just a message in like bad parenting though. Like I, I feel like, you know, as someone. You think has- my parents are bad? No, but you're different though, because you're, you grew up in the same era that I grew up in where I was like a literal latchkey kid. Like I went home and like my parents didn't get home late in the evening because they were working. You know what I mean? Like in 2020 there's a different standard. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the, the eighties and nineties standard does not apply in yeah. 20, in 2020, you know? So yes, no. Our well, parents- if it makes you feel better, Krampus was 2015. 
Okay, so yeah, so total different <laughs> generational gap. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, I would. I didn't think too much into that. I can see where you you come from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you get Adam Scott and David Keckner going out looking for her, and then they go to the house that she's supposed to be at, yeah. and it's destroyed. And they say that there was a gas leak explosion, where you know that it's freaking Krampus. Yes, destroying the place. And then that's when everything just gets wild back a, at the there house. There is a gingerbread man bludgeoned to death, like stabbed into a wall. Stabbed into just, the fridge, yeah. And, yeah, and they're just like, mm, like that, that's weird. I wonder who did that, you know? Yeah. It's just so casual. Yeah, that entire scene was very casual. Just like, uh, hello, are you here? <laughs> but the presents are all ripped open. The entire like house is filled with snow. Yes. And then everything's destroyed. I mean, there you know, there are a lot of moments where it's just like, hmm. I was actually, really? you know, I was actually a little bit disappointed that we didn't see Krampus as much as I thought we should see him. I feel like all of his like little like minions did the dirty work. You know what I mean? Like he had the, the clown doll thing. He had the yeah. gingerbread man. He had the music box, all of these things like freaking havoc. But Krampus didn't really come into play until like the end scene. You know, he was like the like the big baddie at like the end of a video game or something, you know? But if you have all these things at your disposal, are you going to do a lot of work? True. Yeah, I guess you just yeah, you just send out the freaking, you know. Like guys. how how bored is Krampus of murdering people? That's probably very true. Based on his snow globe collection, I would imagine that he's very tired. Yeah. And he's ready to have people do his his bidding and if you look uh very closely into the snow globe collection there's the house from psycho oh really apparently there's the house from amityville horror the myers house from halloween oh no there's supposed to be yeah there's supposed to be a, a whole easter egg collection of different houses in the snow globes well it's so funny that you bring up like those classic uh horror villains because i was thinking to myself after when the story ended you know and the little boy max like woke up from his dream and you know after he got dropped down into the gates of hell and everything um and then he woke up and it all kind of seemed like a dream and he was like, um, you know, oh, they, Christmas morning, like we're all here, you know, it, everything seems fine, you know, until mm-hmm. he gets the little Krampus ornament or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like that, that nightmare on Elm Street. Like if you remember like the original, like nightmare on Elm Street, when, you know, Nancy, like she wakes up from the stream, she confronts Freddy Krueger, she wakes up and then, you know, it just seems like everything is back to normal. She gets in the car with all of her friends that had previously gotten murdered by Freddy. And it's like, oh man, like, wow, this was all just a bad dream. And then all of a sudden, like the Freddy Krueger effect happens and you yeah. know, Freddy, Freddy, you know, rips his mom through. And I was like, that was kind of like the same feel that I got from this because you had that moment where you're like oh it was all a dream everything worked out Max's you know compassion saved him and then all of a sudden you see yeah like pans out and it's just like Krampus's little like snow globe collection yeah and that's what they did in the theatrical release but they had an alternate ending where it starts to pan out of the the house Mm -hmm. and then it just goes to black so you don't see the snow globe collection or anything so you so kind that, of, it's just like you're left to your own imagination to figure out like whether it was a dream yeah. or yeah, and that's it's it's so interesting. And I'm like I'm upset because I don't know which ending I like more. If it's because I don't want Max to be fucked over. The kids still believed in Christmas the whole time. Yes. And the and the rules so the rules with horror films and that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. is if you don't 
follow the rules of the holiday. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've seen Trick or Treat by yeah, oh, uh, Michael Yeah, it's one of Doherty. my favorites. Oh, yeah. So the rule is you, uh, what is it? You carve the jack-o'-lantern and you yeah. keep them lit. You, you them hand lit out candy. Mm-hmm. You can't. You hand out candy. Yeah. So you follow the rules of Halloween. Yeah. So with Krampus, you follow the rules of Christmas. You keep the fire lit. Yep. And you keep the belief, the belief alive. The belief and the joy alive. Mm-hmm. But the the like crazy elves from Krampus are the ones who actually kick out the fire. So they break into the house. They ruin the fire because they had kept the fire going. True. But do you think that that is a byproduct of, of Max? Like that was like his last, like his, his last freaking hope. You know what I mean? Like once his last, like, like inside of his head, his last little mental, like the Christmas spirit left. Like that's when the elves came in and were like, all right, it's, it's time to go time. You know, I, I think that's what the movie was going for, but I don't think like watching it, I've, I've seen it. I watch it every year. I've seen it, uh, so we'll say, five times at this mm-hmm. point. I didn't see his Christmas spirit leave. He was still very optimistic, and he was very much like, well, Grandma says this, and we have to, or Omi, or whatever yeah. they called her. But he ripped and- up his letter, you know? he he that I think that, like, internally, he just, like, he gave it up, you know? Like, yeah. once he ripped the letter up and, like, sent it up to whatever, like, Krampus in the sky, um, I think that was like the straw, you know? You're right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And though, I mean, and those freaking cousins, man, they would make anybody lose hope. They were, they were horrible. So the main daughter, uh, Adam Scott and Tony Collette's daughter, the actress, uh-huh. yes, her younger sister played the younger daughter of David Koechner. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny that you say that because this like Home Alone and Krampus have so many parallels and like it, yeah. that just reminded me of one because Kieran Fuller, McCul- Kieran Yes, he plays Fuller. Culkin. McCulloch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. McCulkin, yeah. Um Kieran play- Kieran Culkin. Kieran that's, Culkin. That's a mouthful. Yeah. He plays Fuller which in in the movie. Also the movie is like about having a dysfunctional family and like not appreciating what you have, you know, yeah. in that moment, you know. And like there's so many different parallels between Krampus and Home Alone, which I think which I find really funny. Yeah. And uh, something that I love about these two movies. I love that we picked these two movies because it's hard to find a child actor who's so good at what they do mm-hmm. comedically. But it's very easy to find a, a actor who's so good at what they do dramatically. So MJ Anthony played Max in mm-hmm. Krampus. What an amazing dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. The, he was so natural. He was so believable. And you know what? He's going to have an amazing acting career as he grows up. Macaulay Culkin, he's quick-witted. He's a comedic actor at age, mm-hmm. what was he, eight? Eight yeah. or nine in the mm-hmm. movie? And continued to do that. I mean, he was was Uncle Buck before or after? Uncle Buck was before. But was it he's before just Home Alone? Okay, yeah. Yeah, because um uh who's the John who's Candy the, uh, John Candy fully improvised every single thing he said in Home Alone. And Home Alone became a thing because of Uncle Buck. Oh, that that makes sense. Yeah, Uncle Buck was nineteen eighty nine, um, and yeah, the the John Candy cameo is one of my favorite parts. The polka polka, you know, the completely kickers. improvised, hundred percent improvised. Every single line John Candy did improvised. That's amazing. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, amazing. But Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin is one of the only child. He's the only child actor I can think of who is a comedic 
genius. Mm-hmm. Started uh, with Uncle Buck. He did, um, you know, Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. And just he, he had comedy. That, he had that dramatic um, pause in the middle where he did, or not in the middle, but afterwards, where he did The Good Son with Elijah Wood. Remember that? No. <laughs> You've never seen The Good Son? No. I've seen The Other Daughter, which is uh, <laughs> Giovanni Rubisi and what's her face? They both play mentally challenged children. Oh my gosh. No, this is like creepy. Like Macaulay Culkin plays this like super creepy like kid and he is just just watch it the good son elijah wood is also in it so yeah oh my god i can't believe you've never seen that um yeah 1993 it's on my list now Aaron. good son but uh what i what i see with macaulay culkin and and macaulay culkin versus versus uh mj is you don't get young comedic actors anymore mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of i have seven nieces and nephews so i've seen a lot of children's shows over the last mm-hmm. 11 years and there aren't good child actors for comedy no there's a very good ones for for dramatic or horror or stuff it's like oh be yeah. scared but macaulay culkin gets it yes I've, I too, I, I named, before I had my own kids, I nannied a lot and I watched a lot of those like Disney shows and stuff. And just the acting is just, oh my God, it's terrible, you know? So yeah, I can't imagine that there's a lot of great child actors out there right now. I mean, well, I don't know. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I saw it, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, Lady, oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember her name. She's like the, the queen of Bear Island. Um, Lady Mormont. She's like, mm-hmm. I mean, she can't be over like 12 years old and she's just a freaking oh, yeah. boss, dude. But like, but my point with this is dramatic kid actors exist. Oh, true. But comedic, comedic. kid okay. actors don't exist. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. I, I can't think of a, a kid after Macaulay Culkin who was genuinely on par with the other comedic actors in that movie. Like in, in any movie. True. But I mean, the Patrick, the, the great Hambino has to be in that argument with like best 90s kid actors of all time. Dude, he's yeah. hilarious. You have to come on. He's freaking hilarious. But where is he now? Well, where's Macaulay? Where's Macaulay Culkin? Macaulay Culkin is like wrestling in underground, like, you know, <laughs> in, bunny, like in bunny ears with a bucket yeah, full of it, uh, golf balls. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Macaulay Culkin is like, uh, you know, starring in like, um, freaking marvel films or anything you know okay so again i'll agree with you on this so what i'll say is no comedic actors have come out since the 90s okay i can i can agree to that yeah cool there are two more movies that i want to just quickly touch base on okay we're hitting uh hour 17 here but daddy's home 2 have you seen it daddy's home 2 that sounds like something that would not be a christmas movie Number two. Number two, though. (laughs) No, I have not. Okay, so I watch this every single year. Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, John Lithgow, and uh, the racist guy who did Apocalypto, um, Mel Gibson. Yes, okay. Daddy's Home 2, I watch it every year. 
amazing Christmas movie, and I can't okay. wait to watch it again. I'm put, I'll put it on the list. I'm looking at it right now. I love Mark Wahlberg. I love John Lithgow. I love Will Ferrell. Oh, it's so good. You will, uh, like the kids say, lol a bunch. I will L-O-L. And then another another movie that I have to give props to is Elf. Elf is one of the best Christmas movies of all time. I question people when I talk about like Elf, like when people say, oh, it's not that great. Like it makes me really question who they are as a person. I'm like, how do you not like Elf? Elf is hilarious. It's amazing. Uh, they're just on, they're on an island on their own. They're on an island called people who don't like Elf, you know? If you, if you celebrate Christmas, you have to love Elf. If you don't celebrate Christmas, it's okay to not like Elf. True, but if yeah. you celebrate you Christmas, yeah, it doesn't resonate. Yeah, yeah, you need to be shot. <laughs> We're at the end of the episode, and that sucks. It does suck. I know. I feel like we could talk about all the things. Oh, and we will. Uh, we'll do multiple episodes of this, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> it was so good having you on the show. You hosted a podcast uh, mm-hmm. called the Chick Foley Show. Yes, you're on all major podcast platforms, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, where can we find uh, you and the show on social media? So you can find myself, uh, Chick Foley on Instagram at Chick Foley, like Mick Foley, except Chick Foley. Um, and then you can find us on Twitter at Chick Foley show. Uh, my, my co-host Marco runs the Twitter for me. Uh, he does a, does an amazing job over there. So if you're more of a Twitter person, check out the Twitter at Chick Foley show. Um, and then you can check out like all of our VIP stuff at Chick Foley Thank you so much for joining the show. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love it. I love talking wrestling and Christmas and all the things. So I had a good time. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, listeners, let your friends know to find our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a drink with me. Follow us on social media at H-A-D-W-M and check out our store, shop.hadwm.com. Thanks for listening.